are on the side of crime. The whole party. It's not just the clown, it's the circus. And the circus continues. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest in China Lake, California, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Groves, Queso, in in Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI on Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe on the internets for your listening convenience on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk, blanketing planet Earth, sweltering planet Earth. Five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. It is good, sort of, to be back after a few days off for a long holiday weekend wherein a whole bunch of stuff happened. Uh, In particular, a whole bunch of stuff the Trump administration hopes you did not notice over the holiday weekend. We'll get to some of that stuff in a bit, as I'd uh, prefer that they don't get away with hiding all of this stuff over a holiday weekend. So we'll do our best to keep them from doing so. Of course, the uh, corporate media, as we speak, is spending much of the day speculating about who will be Donald Trump's nominee to solidify the far right wing extremist already stolen Republican majority on the Supreme Court. His Primetime reality TV style uh, reveal is set to take place at 9 p.m. on the East Coast on Monday. We will have full coverage, no doubt, on tomorrow's broadcast. So I hope you will tune in for that. But by then, I can only hope that Democrats have come up with some sort of strategy to block whoever Trump may nominate, since all of his promised contenders are opponents of all sorts of hard-won rights, including the constitutional right for women to choose to have an abortion, as per what was once the settled law known as Roe v. Wade, which Trump has vowed to overturn with his Supreme Court. Um, As we've discussed quite a bit lately, Democrats must block a vote on this nominee, in my opinion, whoever it is, to save the nation from generations of overturned constitutional rights, even if it means walking out en masse 
to deny a quorum in the U.S. Senate until after the election, uh, the November election, keeping them from not only voting on Trump's nominee, but on any substantive business, if that's what it takes, until after the election, which, by the way, is just under four months from now. Uh, Remember, Mitch McConnell... Senate Majority Leader prevented a vote on Obama's nominee to the Supreme Court for almost an entire year in order to steal the majority on the court, to steal it for Trump's uh, first nominee, Neil Gorsuch. But more on that tomorrow, no doubt. Today, uh, well, I'd love to hear from you. You can uh, throw this whole show off kilter, if you like, um, about news that you've heard over the uh, over the holiday that deserves more coverage than it has received. Try to get to some of your calls in a bit at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK if you'd like to ring in on your public airwaves. Yes, you can be the media. Uh, anyway, I will have some of that news uh, sh- uh, as well myself shortly, some of the stuff that uh, happened over the holiday break. But I'd be happy to hear it from you if you if you'd like to ring in. Uh, most of that news is terrible, but with our eyes consistently on uh, the November election, we've got a bit of good news to uh, share with you. First off, today a shamefully small bit, I should add, but we'll take whatever we can get these days. Uh, Jonathan Oosting at uh, Detroit News. Uh, reported earlier today that the Promote the Vote campaign in Michigan has turned in 430,000 signatures on deadline day for a Michigan ballot proposal to allow no reason absentee voting, automatic voter registration, continuing uh, straight ticket voting and more. Uh, elections maven Daniel Nakanian of uh, the University of Chicago notes that this is tremendously important news for Michigan, where organizers turned in far more than the required 316,000 signatures. And so if this petition is validated, Michiganders will vote on an ambitious voting rights package this November, including automatic registration, same-day registration, all of that. So there is some good news. Here's a little bit more concerning voting. Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach, you remember him? He has now reportedly uh, finally complied with a federal judge's uh, order by fully registering thousands of voters whose tens of thousands of voters whose eligibility to cast a ballot had been in limbo for years because of the state's now defunct or maybe I should say currently defunct. It could change. But the now defunct proof of citizenship requirement to register to vote. According to court records, as AP reports, some 25,000 Kansans will have their voting status solidified ahead of the August 7 primary in Kansas. As a result of the move, Kobach is himself seeking the Republican nomination for governor in that election, challenging the incumbent uh, governor, Jeff Collier. According to a report, the... uh, The parties in the case jointly filed on Sunday. Kobach told U.S. District Judge Julie Robinson that there are no longer any Kansas registrations in suspense or canceled for lack of citizenship documents. 
He informed Judge Robinson that he is in full compliance with her order. Last month, she had ruled that Kansas cannot require documentary proof of citizenship to register to vote, finding such laws unconstitutional. The decision struck down the Kansas proof of citizenship law uh, and made uh, permanent an earlier injunction that had temporarily blocked it. Uh, Yet it had left thousands of voters in limbo as to whether they could vote at all. And uh, if so, which elections they would be allowed to vote in by Kobach. The judge on this case, by the way, is a George W. Bush appointee. She had twice found Chris Kobach. Uh, In contempt of court throughout uh, pretrial motions and throughout the trial itself, she ultimately ordered Chris Kobach to attend more law school, literally more law school classes uh, during her final ruling after the trial because uh, Kobach had embarrassed himself so much representing himself and the state of Kansas through the trial. Uh, In her ruling, Robinson cited Kobach's well-documented history of avoiding the court's orders and spelled out specific compliance measures that he was ordered to follow to implement her decision. Uh, Her June 18 ruling was a setback, of course, for Kobach. He has uh, championed these kind of laws. He also led President Trump's now defunct fraud commission, which also embarrassed itself and lost lawsuit after lawsuit. But Kobach's performance during the trial was so terrible and so embarrassing to him and to Kansas that the appeal of that ruling will now be carried out by the state, uh, the state's attorney general, uh, according to reports over the weekend, uh, as to his own attempt to win the Republican nomination for governor in the upcoming August 7 primary in Kansas. Well, that's not going very well for Kobach either, it seems. His uh, Kobach, you'll recall, his entire basis for becoming secretary of state in Kansas was to stop what he had claimed to be rampant voter fraud in the state. Yet he has been unable to uh, to actually find any of that voter fraud that he claimed was happening. Uh, In fact, he's achieved, uh, I think it's something less, fewer than 10 people. During his eight years as secretary of state have been uh, charged and convicted for voter fraud, despite the fact that millions of votes have been uh, have have been cast during that same period, even while he was preventing tens of thousands of perfectly legal, legitimate voters from being able to cast their vote at all. Thanks to this proof of citizenship law that is currently dead. Uh, But. Kobach uh, is still convinced, apparently, that there must be massive fraud going on in the state of Kansas, even in his own contest, his own primary contest right now uh, to win his. uh, Hopefully he wants to win this uh, primary against Governor Collier last week. (laughs) Kobach, this is amazing. Uh, He essentially accused the governor and his supporters of committing voter fraud in a straw poll over the weekend. This was a Kansas City, a, a Kansas City Star editorial board uh, pointed this out in a brief editorial saying that Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach made himself look desperate and more than a little ridiculous by accusing his fellow Republican and gubernatorial rival Governor Jeff Collier of committing voter fraud in the recent Olathe GOP straw poll. 
Kobach, the editorial board notes, tweeted after he'd lost the poll, quote, it's a shame we couldn't have an honest straw poll today in Olathe. The governor, uh, the governor, he charged prepaid for 106 people to vote. We are grassroots. They are AstroTurf. So he's uh, charging the governor of the state of Kansas, a fellow Republican, of committing fraud in this uh, in this straw poll. The editorial board goes on to say that even among straw polls, which are meaningless except as a show of organizational oomph, the one that Collier won is not even seen as a particularly coveted prize. More telling by far than Collier's win with 53 percent of the straw poll vote was Kobach's unsurprising claim that he was robbed. For the record, according to KSHB, uh, Kobach uh, did finish in that straw poll a distant runner up with 31 percent of the vote. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, and uh, two other can Ken Selzer and uh, Patrick Kusera, they each received 7%. Tyler Ruzich garnered just 1% of the vote. So if that straw poll is any indication, Chris Kobach has a long way to go uh, to win the nomination in just under, uh, what, uh, four weeks at this point, just under one month for the August 7th. Kansas primary that I hope all of you folks in Kansas are now finally and properly registered to vote in. So uh, there's that. That's uh, part of our good, the good news portion of our program. And uh, from straw polls to actual straws. Desi Doyen, do you see how I did that there? Yes, that was an excellent Thank segue. You. I have Thank no you. idea what comes next. Yeah, well, you'll see. Uh, this is uh, still our good news section of our program today. Starbucks. You should know this. I'm surprised you didn't know what oh, I'm going for one. here. Yes, yes I did Starbucks is eliminating plastic straws from all of its locations within two years. Citing the environmental threats to oceans, the company uh, becomes the largest food and beverage company to do so. Uh, as calls to cut waste globally grow louder, reports AP. Desi, you've been pretty loud on this yourself in our Green News reports. Oh, definitely. I mean, the this plastic pollution is a scourge. It's a scourge in the ocean. It's a scourge on land. It's a scourge everywhere. It is getting into the food that we eat. Uh, it's getting into all of the animals in the ocean. They are, are eating these pieces as they uh, make their way up the food chain. It's it's everywhere, and it's silly that we have to actually create these single-use products after out of million-year-old fossil fuels. We use them once, we discard them, and they live on forever. And not perpetuity. only not only do we uh, is it crazy that we we do that. It's also crazy that we have to make laws to stop doing that because uh, most of these companies don't appear to be doing this on their own. Starbucks, in its case, uh, up in Seattle, Starbucks hometown, they banned. Plastic drinking straws and utensils. That is no doubt one of the reasons Starbucks is taking the lead here. Oh, yeah. Starbucks has already been complying with Seattle's law, which started July 1st. And it's kind of crazy that they're going to take until 2020. Yep. You know, they're going to use up the ones they've already got that they've already spent money on. You know, so what? That's, you know, plastic pollution. It's going to happen. It's okay for the next waste. two years. We'd hate to waste all those straws. We're talking a billion straws from Starbucks alone 
every single year. So we're going to get, you know, two billion or more straws out there and then they'll stop. In Seattle, you're right. They stopped using them. They've already offered an alternative in uh, Seattle. So we know they know how to do it. Um, but they're waiting till 2020 to actually do it uh, across the country and the world, I guess. Other cities like Fort Myers, Florida, have banned plastic straws. Similar proposals are now being considered in places like New York and San Francisco. Um, but uh, anyway, Starbucks is taking a bit of a lead here among global companies. In February, Dunkin' Donuts said it would eliminate. And I can't believe that Dunkin' Donuts was still using, I guess is still using polystyrene, styrofoam uh, in its cups, uh, these foam cups. And they're going to they said they'll eliminate it by 2020. I believe we covered that on the Green News Report a few months back. Yes, we did a couple of weeks ago. Can't believe it happens. Yeah, I can't believe they're still doing it. Uh, McDonald's shareholders, on the other hand, voted down a proposal requesting a report on plastic straws in May. The shareholders would not even allow a report to happen. So that's why the government, that's why we need government intervention in these uh, corporate matters that affect the planet. But we're not likely to get that from this government, at least not this federal government or this EPA. More on that in a moment. McDonald's recently said it would switch to paper straws but only in the United Kingdom and Ireland by next year, and uh, that it was going to test alternatives to plastic straws in some U.S. locations. Um, they did, however, say that they would only use recycled or other environmentally friendly materials for their soda cups, Happy Meal boxes, and others, and other packaging, but not until 2025. Yeah, and just, again, to underscore the point that it does require government regulation to put these companies on notice that they have to do something about the pollution that they generate and then they take no responsibility for. In the U.K., the reason why McDonald's is moving ahead is because the U.K. put in a nationwide phase-out of plastic, single-use plastic items. So that's why. And thus endeth, uh, by and large, the good news portion of today's program, <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, unless you call it with any good news uh, for, to save us today, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. The uh, heat in Southern California is finally beginning to break a little bit out here, but the uh, 4th of July holiday week was rough across much of the country, sweltering heat at times from the east coast to the west. On Friday, we saw record temperatures out here in Southern California, some daily records, some monthly records uh, for the month of July. Most disturbingly, a few all-time records were smashed and smashed by a lot. Double digits in most of these record-breaking cases, according to the National Weather Service here in L.A. For example, downtown, uh, they uh, beat their daily high on Friday. They went to 100, uh, we went to 108 degrees, smashing the old record by 14, 14 degrees for that day. Uh, the July monthly record was smashed at the Long Beach Airport by 16 degrees Topped out at 109 on Friday. UCLA uh, had a monthly record, smashed the old one from 1942 by 17 degrees. And then all-time records, all-time record at Burbank Airport, topped out at 114 degrees 
on Friday. That is both a monthly and an all-time record for Burbank Airport. Uh, beats the old record by 11 degrees. And Van Nuys Airport, uh, I think, won the day, if you consider this winning, uh, on Friday. They hit 117 degrees. That's an 18-degree uh, Fahrenheit difference uh, uh, record. Uh, for the uh, for the month and for all time, the uh, the previous all time high was 99 degrees back in 2017. Uh, that, of course, is just one reason why uh, Desi Doyen and uh, I, me, myself, have been uh, syndicating our Green News Report for about 10 years now to as many radio stations uh, who will carry our six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment as we can. And it's just one reason that you would think we would be delighted that Donald Trump's unbelievably corrupt fossil fuel industry swamp monster. Is it fair to call him a swamp monster, Desi Doyne? Uh, Scott Pruitt. <laughs> He's the swamp king. Uh, so you'd think we would be delighted that he was finally given the boot over the holiday when you were not supposed, when few people as possible were paying attention to the news. That's when they finally uh, booted Scott Pruitt out the door as the EPA administrator. And I don't know if you saw his uh, <laughs> his resignation letter, wherein we are all pretending, I guess we're all supposed to pretend that he decided to quit rather than finally being pushed out because he was embarrassing the Trump administration uh, for in so many ways for so long. Uh, Trump said uh, on Thursday, uh, as uh, Pruitt submitted his resignation letter, that he had uh, that uh, Pruitt had done, quote, an outstanding job in the role. Yet he accepted the scandal-plagued cabinet members' uh, decision nonetheless. And I don't know if you saw the, uh, the letter <laughs> from Scott Pruitt, this resignation letter, but it's kind of scary and it's kind of grotesque. So I'll read you a little bit from this letter if you have not heard it. Uh, Mr. President, said Pruitt, it has been an honor to serve you in the cabinet as administrator of the EPA. Truly, your confidence in me has blessed me personally and enabled me to advance your agenda beyond what anyone anticipated. Your courage, steadfastness, and resolute commitment to get results for the American people, both with regard to improved environmental outcomes... Did you hear that? I'm sorry. Just say that part again. Yeah, you heard it. Improved environmental outcomes. For polluters, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as well as historical regulatory reform is, in fact, occurring at an unprecedented pace. And I thank you for the opportunity to serve you and the American people in helping achieve those ends. He said he goes on to say that is why it is hard for me to advise you. I am stepping down as administrator of the EPA, effective July 6, to advise him. He's not advice. You, you mean he could have stayed if he wanted? Is that possible? Donald Trump would have let him stay? Maybe he would have. Does anybody believe that? Uh, he goes on to say, it's extremely difficult for me to cease serving you in this role. First, because I count it as a blessing to be serving you in any capacity. My desire in service to you. Uh, this is this is an actual letter. And note, he <laughs> says, in service to you, does not mention service to, say, the American people. 
Uh, he says, however, the unrelenting attacks on me personally, my family, are unprecedented and have taken a sizable toll on all of us. These are not attacks. What is un- The only thing unprecedented here is the amount of corruption from Scott Pruitt. Uh, he says, my desire in service to you has always been to bless you as you make important decisions for the American people. I believe you are serving as president today because of God's providence. I believe that same providence brought me into your service. I pray as I have served you that I have blessed you and enabled you to effectively lead the American people. Thank you again, Mr. President, for the honor of serving you, and I wish you Godspeed in all that you put your hand to. Your faithful friend, Scott Pruitt. That's really creepy. Is that just me, or is that really creepy? <laughs> I was personally creeped out and kind of skeeved out by it, because, yep. I mean, the victimization that he seems to believe he has been a victim of is pretty shocking, but also... Oh, he knows he's not. He knows he's he, lying. Oh, he knows he's lying. Yeah, know but, you know, lying. I'm sure he also believes that he is a victim of these relentless media attacks that report what he's been doing. So uh, why is Scott Pruitt's uh, departure here not in our good news section today? Uh, well, since this disgraced uh, creep is is finally gone, you would think we would be happy about that. Well, Pruitt, uh, you know, while he acted as if he was a lobbyist for the fossil fuel industry as uh, the EPA administrator, his second in command, Andrew Wheeler, who is now the acting EPA head, he actually is or was I, I would say is a top coal industry lobbyist. And he now a top coal industry lobbyist now runs the EPA. Actually running the Environmental Protection Agency. We talked about uh, we've talked about regulatory capture before on this program where industry takes over the reins of uh, of government agencies that are supposed to be regulating that industry. But this is an actual literal example of that. Andrew Wheeler a top coal industry lobbyist now running the EPA. So he's likely to do uh, many of the, well, all of the same things that Pruitt has been doing, but he's uh, probably won't receive the same attention uh, for doing it. I hope that's not the case, but there is no reason to think that things at the EPA will get any better with Pruitt gone, as far as I can see it. Desi, am I missing something here? Do you, uh, have, you, do you have some confidence that somehow something will improve under coal industry lobbyist Andrew Wheeler? No, unfortunately. Uh, Wheeler is not just a former coal lobbyist. Prior to that, he was a head staffer of the Senate Republican Senate Environmental and Public Works Committee. He was the top staffer for Senator James Inhofe, Republican of Oklahoma, who is a prominent climate science denier in the U.S. Senate. Um, Wheeler is also somebody who, in his uh, confirmation hearing to be second in command at the EPA, he had been asked about his position on climate change and climate science, and he, he says that he accepts the science of climate change. He just doesn't think the EPA has the authority to do anything about it. So he's going to probably be yeah. much more effective than Pruitt. You know, 
he'll be able to, as an insider, he knows the ins and outs. He knows yeah. how to write regulations that can probably stand up in court. Um, so I don't think this is an improvement at all. He'll probably be more effective just without all the cartoonish villainous stuff. Uh, yeah. No, speaking of uh, cartoons, uh, Tom Tolles, a cartoonist and columnist over at Washington Post, uh, talked about this. Uh, he says, if you've got a drilling license in the Scott Pruitt garbage dump, here's what you would eventually hit. And he goes through all of the things that uh, Scott Pruitt has has done and says the, quote, blessed departure as he's uh, citing the, uh, the the resignation letter, the blessed departure of this horrible person is not likely to change anything of substance. His agency is well-stocked with more of the same, ready to continue Pruitt's work to imperil you and the planet because the still larger problem is the Trump presidency itself. Pruitt himself was merely some of the brown, frothing foam of the Trump presidency. As Tom Tolles says, perhaps that's uh, some of the Santorum on top of it, if you will. Uh, no, no, don't make a comment. <laughs> Leave it. Uh, Tolles says uh, that's why uh, the damage will run on and on. President Trump is an enemy of climate science and therefore of the climate and therefore of humanity. Trump was nominated, campaigned for, and now fully backed by a Republican Party, which is altogether supportive of his climate agenda. It could step in. The Republican Party, the Republican Congress, and stop this ongoing calamity if they chose to. But the Republican Party chooses to support it unequivocally. And so far, it has gotten away with it because there has been something radically wrong with American politics, says writes Tolls. We as Americans have allowed this erosion of truth and science to happen on our watch. We have allowed our own muscles of participation to atrophy, assuming that either th that either things would work out by themselves somehow or self-correct. But they didn't. And they won't, he warns. Everything from American equality and social cohesion to the health of the people and the planet are in direct and immediate danger from this administration and from the party that is protecting it. He says there is one immediate opportunity this November for us to step up and insist that this ongoing catastrophe be stopped. We have reached bottom and the way back is up to you. I would disagree with tolls that they are uh, only on one one thing here. I don't know that we have yet reached bottom. I don't know that we have gotten close to reaching bottom. But the way back up is up to all of you and all of us this November. Let's take a quick break and we will come back with, um, well, some of the other stuff that the Trump administration was trying to hide over the weekend and your calls. I'll try to get to some of those right off the bat. 818-985-5735 is our phone number if you'd like to ring in. 818-985-KPFK. I am Brad Friedman and this is your Bradcast. <laughs> Thank you. 
Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Way off the rails. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com trying to stay cool uh, as the crazy train continues. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-5735. I'll try to get to uh, some more of the stuff that uh, Donald Trump hopes you don't hear about from over the holiday uh, holiday, long holiday weekend, holiday break, whatever you want to call it. Uh, let's get to some of your thoughts on that. Jason in Camarillo. Hey, Jason, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Uh, thank you for taking my call. No problem. I see that you had you hit a monthly uh, high of 101 at the Camarillo Airport on Friday. Hope you are staying cool, Jason. Yeah, it's definitely toasty out here. Yep. Um, I wanted to say that... Um, with this level of hypocrisy in administration is absolutely appalling. Um, from claiming America first, but now we see Mar-a-Lago is hi- seeking to hire 61 foreign workers yeah. to excluding clothing coming from China from the new tariff, which just happens to be where Ivanka Trump's clothing line comes from. It is absolutely shameful. Add in that Trump ran as a Republican, which as we know, Republicans claim to be against taxes and are pro-free market, yet here we are with increase in tariffs which is just another way to add taxes to products, um, and include that with the excessive spending that is going on, this is not the GOP anymore. It's not the grand old party. This is the Trumpian Republicans. It sure is, uh, Jason, and you're right on the money. Thanks for uh, bringing up all of those points. I, I think that they are all undercovered, but, you know, it's it's hard for me to hold the uh, corporate media responsible or accountable these days uh, for not giving the proper attention to some of these things that they should because it's like a goddamn waterfall. It's like a... Uh, you mean a fire hose, I think. There you go. <laughs> more than a, more than a, a tsunami. Yep. In more, and I would, I would jump in and also echo um, him on that because... Remember, the corporate media covered Scott Pruitt because of all of his scandals, not so much because of the pollution that he was unleashing on the American people. Oh, yeah. The, the, the scandals, the, you know, he, he tried to buy a, a used mattress he, uh, from a Trump hotel. He spent a whole bunch of money on security, all of that stuff that really doesn't actually matter. Uh, versus what he's doing to us and this planet. Jason, I I appreciate the call. Stay cool, my friend. Uh, Let's go to uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let me go to uh, Johnny uh, in in Phelan. Is that right? Johnny, where are you calling from? Phelan. It's called Phelan. It's easy, Brad. We say more than a Phelan. Okay, more. And that's in California? That's in California. It's uh, heading west out of Victorville towards... 
Palmdale. It's a little community. It's called the, uh, I call it the Confederate flag capital of Southern California. Oh, brother. All right. Well, I know Victorville and I know Palmdale, so I uh, hope you're feeling okay there. Johnny, what's up? <laughs> We're feeling it. Hey, Brad, I, you had a riff a uh, week and a half ago, probably, about uh, your anger uh, over, you know, both siderism and voting for a third party or not getting out to vote at all. Mm-hmm. You remember that? You were quite upset? Uh, yeah, like every day. Yeah. Actually, I'm not upset about uh, people voting for uh, third parties. I'm upset about people saying that both sides are the same. There's really no difference, which okay. is not yeah, true. That's true. I, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. You did say it. You did put it that way. And, and I never say that. I get upset with those folks, too, because they'll scream, you know, emails and Benghazi and so on. And, right. But when Hillary Clinton, you know, was on TV and said, we came, we saw he died, and then she giggled over Muammar Gaddafi, and she was involved in the overthrow of uh, the, the uh, leader at the time of in the Ukraine and what she, her and Obama did in Syria and, and Manuel Celaya in Honduras. I recently, I think I heard something on the news, and I can't find it now, but I believe that an infant was shot in Honduras by some of the military over uh, uh, some people involved in a protest. But uh, in, in, in Libya, after Muammar Gaddafi was overthrown, there was a civil war that ensued. I think it's still going on. I, I heard a number a few years back of mm-hmm. a half a million people haven't died. Well, and there was, uh, that all rose from the Arab Spring uh, as you recall, yeah. uh, Donald Trump says that we went in there and we uh, we killed uh, Gaddafi, which we didn't do. But uh, and, and I think you've overstated a little bit some of what uh, Hillary Clinton actually had to say about all of that. But what is your point? Well, you know, I you looked it up on YouTube a couple of times recently where she said we came, we saw him, he died and then giggled. And But the point is, is that, you know, we hear a number like a half a million dead people and you have to picture, you know, the U.S. bombing the house and mommy and daddy are gone and the children run out and fall face first in the sand and bleed to death. And, and I had to choose between voting for Hillary and getting more of that or voting for Jill Stein. And I mean, it's a little bit of both siderism. So I'm trying to say, like, hey, look at how bad some of these Democrats are. Well, you look, know? you. <laughs> You're in you're in California where uh, you and I and we sort of have a luxury. It looked like there was you know no chance that the electoral votes were actually going to go to Donald Trump out here in California. But most of the country, that is not the case. And, uh, you know, if and and I support whoever anybody votes for. But to suggest, uh, as you did in, in your riff there, and it was a fine riff, but to suggest that is anywhere near what the Republican Party and Donald Trump are now doing and are now doing to children in this country uh, is just, uh, you know, I, I can't go with you there, uh, Johnny. But, uh, you know, so I just hope people understand when they vote what they are voting for. And there's a whole bunch of people who voted for Donald Trump without actually voting for Donald Trump uh, back in 2016. And, uh, you know, I support their right to do so. But I also, as I said in the lead up to the election, know what you are doing. Know that you may be voting to put Donald Trump in office. And if you're cool with that, then great. But uh, that's fine. But, you know, to compare the two, I, I, I just can't go with you on that, Johnny. Well, I guess if I have to choose between Trump and Hillary, I'd probably pick Hillary. But, yep. but I'm thinking of, you know, the, the military dictatorship that she helped install in, in Honduras after Celaya was overthrown. And now they, they deal with the drug traffickers. Yeah. 
and the people are ha- having to uh, flee from their country, and we get the situation at the border. So it's really, there's two great choices here, I guess, you know? Yeah, well, you know, remember, the lesser of two evils is still lesser evil. That's all I'm saying. Thanks, Thank John. You. I appreciate Thanks, it. Brett. Thank you. You bet. Thank, Thank you, you, brother. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, CNN's Byron Wolf notes, uh, never shy about taking credit. Trump twice uh, recently claimed to have solved a problem that turned out to still be a problem. He wanted the problem of North Korea's nuclear weapons to be solved after his historic meeting with Kim Jong-un last month. And he wanted the problem of children separated by the U.S. government from their parents to be solved with the swipe of his pen on an executive order. But weeks later, the North Korean nuclear threat is still very much a crisis, still very much exists. And the problem of children separated from their parents has worsened as the U.S. government clearly does not know exactly how many children it has or how to get them back to their parents. Uh, This was, was, you know, again, over the holiday when folks weren't noticing, um, there was Mike Pompeo, the secretary of state, had a meeting in North Korea to discuss the uh, so-called denuclearization agreement that Donald Trump signed A few weeks ago with Kim Jong-un, he came out of that meeting, Mike Pompeo did, and said it went great. He said two days of talks had been, quote, productive. And then the North Korean foreign ministry put out a statement um, saying that uh, (laughs) saying that the U.S. side came up only with its unilateral and gangster like demand for denuclearization. The issue Uh, The issues the U.S. side insisted on during the talks were the same cancerous ones that the past U.S. administrations have insisted upon. This after Donald Trump not long ago claimed that um, everything is fine. He said uh, after he came back from his meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un, he said uh, it was a long trip, but everybody can now feel much safer than the day I took office. There is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea, Trump said, as he was just making stuff up. So uh, he also said that uh, if not for me, quote, if not for me, we would now be at war with North Korea. And it's actually because of you, Mr. President, that we were almost at war with North Korea and still very much could be if these reports uh, over the holiday offer any indication. North Korea is uh, not happy about what the U.S. is doing and the, the, the uh, bargaining techniques of the U.S., Whether this is just part of North Korea's own bargaining techniques, that remains to be seen. But uh, Evans Evans Revere uh, in The Washington Post, he's a former U.S. diplomat. He's got a long history of negotiating with North Korea, said it was evident that the talks in Pyongyang had not gone well in recent days and that it appears North Korea may have no intention of actually denuclearizing In the way that the U.S. would want and in the way that Donald Trump has pretended they were or that they already had, but obviously they haven't. And as a matter of fact, they are expanding their uh, their production of missiles, according to reports. In the meantime, 
Uh, a court-imposed deadline to reunite families looks like it may be missed after uh, children have been separated over the border. Uh, we now know for the first time that nearly 3,000 children uh, are still in federal custody after being separated from their parents. About 100 of them are under five years of age. And federal authorities had to call in volunteers over the weekend to try to sort through records. And they're now resorting to DNA tests to try to match children with parents. Apparently, uh, records have been either lost or destroyed. And we don't know if these children will ever get back together uh, with their parents. They're going through thousands and thousands of documents trying to figure out who came here, which of these children were actually separated by the government, by Donald Trump's government, and which ones uh, came here by themselves. Remember, Donald Trump told us that he was also solving that problem a few days ago uh, when he signed this executive order to no longer separate parents from uh, children. And he claimed that he was solving the problem, the problem that he created himself. I know a lot of you want to get in here, so uh, let me open up. Uh, let me get back to the phones here uh, because I got, uh, well, he's also attacking uh, Obamacare again and uh, raising everyone's uh, insurance premiums in the bargain. I'll get to that maybe later or on tomorrow's thrilling broadcast. Let's go to, uh, let's see, uh, Dan, where are we here? Yeah, where we go. Dan and Golita. Hey, Dan, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Um, I'm just going to switch back to um, some uh, maybe an environmental comment. Mm -hmm. um, this heat wave over this past weekend, I was mentioning to uh, Debbie, um, or, you know, um, before that, we get the New York Times hard copy, and their weather page does a pretty good job. And mm -hmm. from what they were saying, that this was the same weather system that was blistering the East Coast early last week. Yep. They were getting like triple digits, and you know, ungodly like nighttime highs. Their low highs were incredible. Yep. Um, but anyway, my point is that, that in general, weather systems go west to east. If anybody knows anything about the way the jet stream works. So this one drifted east to west, mm. which is highly unusual, which just cuts back to the whole idea when you melt the Arctic, you disrupt the jet stream, and you cause all kinds of chaos in the weather patterns. And so for us to be getting the heat bubble drifting from the, like the New York City area, drifting out here, is a bit odd. And, I mean, just right here, we were a mile from the ocean, and um, Saturday night at 8 o'clock, it was 105 degrees. It's 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 crazy. Let me let me let me check with the referee on that. Desi Doyne, is that correct? That the weather patterns usually go the other direction? Yes, usually they do. He's absolutely right. The, they do go generally west to east, although there is, you know, some experiences where it does go the reverse. So right. it's not entirely unheard of. But it is weird. Yeah, we had uh, Michael Mann, uh, Dr. Michael Mann, who created the hockey stick graph, uh, had him on uh, some time ago and actually asked him. I think it was the last time we were uh, when we were in the middle of the, the worst of the California drought a year or so ago. And, you know, we asked him, have weather patterns, climate patterns actually changed uh, at this point, that it's not just, you know, increased heat, but that the the global jet stream has that changed. And he seemed to indicate, yeah, there seems to be very good evidence that that is what is now happening. Yes, that is an emerging an emerging area of science where there's a, a lot of study going on with that. But the the 
Early evidence seems to indicate that, yes, the melting of the Arctic is changing the jet stream and causing it to become more wavy, which means that weather patterns are getting a little screwy and weird and blocking in place and, and doing all kinds of stuff that they didn't used to do. Dan, I, I appreciate uh, your call and I appreciate you paying attention uh, to that. Are you, you, you able to stay cool out there? Oh, no. Well, anyway, one other point. See, I, I keep track of this stuff. And yeah. Say 20 years ago, in the 80s, 90s, we'd be in the midst of a fog season. So, I mean, I just know from my own personal records, up to this point in uh, July, we would probably have had like 30 days at least 20 years ago of precip- precipitation of like the fog layer where yeah. you wake up and sound like a shower. We've had a day and a half of that so far in 2018. There was a day in mm. May, and then there was a little bit in June. And so we've had two days as opposed to like 20 plus uh, where we, it's where it's raining. Yep. You'd wake up and all the time. It was yep. just consistent. So I don't know. And you're uh, you're out in Goleta, by the way. I know they had uh, some wildfires and evacuations in the area. Oh, uh, did, do you have Three to evacuate? Crow flies. You could see the flames from our windows. Oh. Yeah, Friday was pretty sketchy. It was pretty weird where you go. Jeez. Stay safe, Dan. I appreciate okay. the call. Uh, let me. You bet. Thank you. Uh, let me take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, more of your calls. Uh, and uh, oh, one more sad item that uh, happened over the holiday break. I'll come back and talk about that. And your calls at 818-985-5735. After this, I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Hope so. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Some uh, sad news if you didn't hear over the long holiday, uh, longtime progressive radio and television broadcaster Ed Schultz passed away at the age of 64. He was uh, one of the very few champions for working people and unions that uh, was heard nationally on our public airwaves, uh, though he was uh, by and large pushed off of those airwaves in no small part in recent years. Uh, He had a primetime program on MSNBC for several years before he was let go there, and he moved on eventually to podcasts and a uh, primetime news show on Russia's RT cable outlet. Uh, He began as a sports guy and then a right-wing politics guy before moving to the left to become a champion uh, for working people, for unions. 
which is very rare in talk radio uh, where, you know, for people to change positions like that, where positions are staked out and stood by rightly or wrongly. This, of course, is not a problem for me because I've never been wrong, but still... Uh, we saw something uh, similar from Ed Schultz uh, during the loudest fight over the Keystone XL pipeline a few years back. He originally came out in favor of it because it was supported by a number of unions at the time. Uh, he received so much blowback on that position, he went about educating himself over the next couple of weeks on air, sort of live with guests who were opposed to the dirty tar sands pipeline, uh, you know, he met and interviewed environmentalists, indigenous folks, etc., and eventually changed his position to oppose Keystone XL. Again, that is very rare in this business. Uh, I had the honor uh, personally of filling in uh, as guest host for Ed Schultz back in the day at the height of his national radio syndication. Uh, I'm happy to say while he was commercially syndicated I took some measure of pride in uh, in guest hosting from him for him, doing my fill-in work from right here at the studios of the non-commercial KPFK Pacifica Radio in L.A. Uh, one other note here: uh, over the years, I I've appeared a number of times on cable news outlets like CNN and even Fox News, but I have only ever once, only once ever been invited to appear on the supposedly progressive MSNBC. That appearance uh, came after I had obtained some secretly recorded audio tape of Chris Christie speaking at a secret Koch brothers meeting back in 2011 when Christie was still considered a front runner for the uh, GOP presidential nomination in 2012. Uh, the story was picked up all, all over the place. Um, I published it at Mother Jones and Bradblog.com, where you can still hear the audio, etc. But I was invited, Ed Schultz invited me onto NBC, MSNBC. My only appearance on MSNBC um, was uh, on The Ed Show at the time to discuss it. So it's uh, somewhat ironic that the supposedly progressive cable news channel has only invited me on the air one time in the 15-plus years that I've been on this beat. Uh, but it was Ed Schultz uh, who, who sent that invitation, and uh, it is very sad to, uh, to hear that Ed Schultz passed away. He's, um, uh, he will be missed. Uh, not just personally, but uh, in our nation's media and discourse. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let me go to uh, Mick in North Hollywood. Hey, Mick, welcome to the broadcast. Okay, hi. Yeah, you know, um, I talked with you about uh, before the election. I, you know, I don't you know to remember me, but I remember you. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, the, and we both agreed on these people with their purity of ideology— and I used to argue with them at work, you know, uh, the zealots. I don't care if you're a zealot on the left or the right or anywhere you're on it. And he was, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter, of mm -hmm. course, but I talked to this other guy who, his purity of ideology, I said, well, look, you know, I don't care if he doesn't make the nomination. We really have to get those people in Ohio. I've known people in Ohio, and I told them not to vote at all is no, because the people who make the laws in this country are the Supreme Court. And we, if we got Hillary Clinton elected, she would elect and she would have put up a progressive Supreme Court justice, mm. and they couldn't have stopped her. Yeah. And, you know, because of these people with their purity of ideology, you know, that any, any time on the left, if you tell them, 
you know, that you might be going to an extreme or acting like a zealot, that, you know, they immediately branded me as me, of all people, believe me, yeah. a reactionary. Oh, listen, I, I heard it from all sorts of people in the run-up to, uh, to the election as well. And I would only say, look, uh, uh, ideological purity is fine uh, to, uh, to an extent, to the extent that you start harming the ideology that you care about. I mean, I can't imagine anyone thinks that any, you know, Bernie Sanders supporter thinks that Donald Trump is somehow better for progressive ideals and the democratic socialism that Bernie Sanders is calling for. Uh, you know, you're hurting yourself. I, I you know, so I, uh, you know, that's what primaries are for. Use the primaries, challenge the hell out of, uh, uh, you know, anybody you want, any Democrats who aren't progressive enough, but pay attention for who you're voting for, what you are voting for when uh, November comes and what you are voting for by staying home and not voting at all. I begged him. I begged yep. him. I said, uh, I know some friends of mine in Cleveland. I said, I'm not going to, you know, what are you telling me? And then this guy at work, I said, wait, me of all people, and they've known me, believe me, and, you know, I yeah. grew up in this, you know, I don't want to give you my, but the people are telling me, you know, I mean, you know, stomping their feet, you know, I don't know if they ever read Dostoevsky's The Possessed. You know, that's what he wrote about is the people with this purity of ideology will blow themselves up. Yep. You know, and we and sure they, have. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Mick. I, hey, I, thank you. Thank you very much. You bet. I appreciate okay. the call and the thoughts. Uh, let me go to. Oh, good. Morris. Hey, Morris. Welcome to the broadcast, my friend. How you doing, Brad? Listen, I'm with the president. That's right. I'm with the president. We got to make America great again, but we can't do it with false narratives, linguistic facades, or euphemistic phrases. Now, here's how we're going to do it. First of all, we're going to eliminate the billionaire class. Okay, back in the day, we didn't have no billionaire class. Might have to take a constitutional amendment. No more billionaire classes. And I'm going to tell you all something. You may not want to respect the prophecies of Jesus Christ, but maybe you'll listen to Desi Doyen. We're not going to have no ozone in 10 years. So it won't matter who's on the Supreme Court then, will it? Thanks, Brett. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. I appreciate the call. Hey, Des, that's the first time I think you have been compared to Jesus Christ, to my knowledge. <laughs> it's okay by me. <laughs> okay, you'll take it. All right, let me see if I can get in one or two more here very quickly. Uh, Michael in West Hollywood. Hey, Michael, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind very quickly, sir? Uh, well, very quickly. Uh, gee whiz. You know, um, I have to read that call three calls back. Look, if you just... Do me a favor, just Google or just YouTube the debate that Debbie Washington Schultz scheduled for five days before Christmas, just let me finish up, and um, look at the two people flanking Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders and Governor O'Malley, and look what they said, and look what they were requesting that be done, okay, in this country to say this, and look what Hillary Clinton said. She, everything, whether it's defending Bill Clinton, you know, a uh, returning of this Glass-Steagall, the bombing of Libya, right down the list. What do you expect progressives to do, sir? Over time, you, I mean, you say, you know, when Reagan came in, it says it's going to get worse. When Bush came, says it's going to get worse or it gets better. Okay? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, let me answer it because we're running out of time. Uh, what do I expect progressives to do? I'm not going to tar all progressives with that thought. Uh, I expect Americans to do better in any way they can than to put a Donald Trump and this Republican Party into power that is going to destroy this country and this wrong? planet uh, now for generations with the Supreme Court. Uh, thanks, uh, Michael. I do appreciate the call, and I'm sorry I, I'm short on time to not let you respond. Thanks to everyone who called in, uh, including those I couldn't get to. I'm sorry about that. 
We will be back tomorrow for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast. Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our board op today, D'Angelo Jones, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Ooh.